Well, as we gather this morning for prayer, for the four weeks of Advent, which began last Lord's Day, today being the second Sunday of Advent, in our prayer time, we're considering the, the, the Christmas songs, if you will, of Luke's gospel. Uh, those songs, those hymns, those carols uh, that men and women were singing to God surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're using these as we come together for prayer to give us a common prayer focus, uh, right? These songs are giving us a theme, a focus to, to unite our hearts around as we pray. And it's given us a common prayer language. It may be this morning as we, as we come together for prayer, maybe one of your holdups in prayer is, I just don't know what to say. I'm afraid I may get started and I just don't open up. And what did Zechariah pray, which is the text we're looking at this morning? What did he pray? We can use his very own language to seek the Lord in prayer this morning. So with that in mind, I would have you turn to Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1, verses 68 to 79 and uh, last week we looked at Mary's song, and this week we're looking at Zechariah's song. And uh, in Latin, it's the Benedictus. And as you turn there, Luke chapter one, verses sixty-eight to seventy-nine. Just a little reminder of what's happening here around Zechariah. Nine months previous to this song, Zechariah was visited by the angel Gabriel, who announced that he and his wife Elizabeth would give birth to a very significant son. Who's who shall be named John. Well, Zechariah being well past childbirthing years, as well as Elizabeth, didn't believe. And so God made him mute. God took away his ability to speak. So for nine months, uh, Zechariah has been dealing with this, this speechlessness. He's been unable, but it looks like from the song he's used these nine months to meditate upon his unbelief, to meditate upon Scripture, to meditate upon God's word to him through the prophet, or excuse me, through the angel Gabriel. And now as he comes to this song, it seems like God has done a tremendous work in his heart of opening his eyes to believe things he didn't previously believe. Because Elizabeth did in fact give birth to a son. When it came time to name the child, she named him John, just as Gabriel announced it should be. Well, in that day, it was custom. You named your son after the father, or at least another male in the family. John was certainly not Zechariah's name, nor any of the other family. So people were turning. What's, what's going on? Why, why John? And they turned to Zechariah. What's going on here? What's, what's Elizabeth doing? And Zechariah said, his name shall be John. I say he said it. He was, he's still mute. He communicated. His name is John. At that moment, chapter 1, verse 64 tells us, and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God. Well, skip down to verse 68. This is our text this morning. This is the blessing that he blessed the Lord with. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, 
will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Well, you compare this song to his previous response to Gabriel some nine months previous to this, obviously something has happened to Zechariah over these nine months, something in his heart. God has taken him by grace from unbelief to dependent trust. It's almost as though Zechariah's ears, spiritual ears, have been opened to hear the voice of God, and now his heart swells in adoration, his heart swells in worship and in gratitude to God for not just John. The focus of this song is the one that John is coming to pave the way for, the Lord Jesus Christ. So for us this morning as we come together for prayer, how might our hearts be stirred to prayer and unified this morning as we come together? Well, two things. Number one, our hearts will be unified and stirred to prayer by meditating just as Zechariah is doing here, meditating upon the wonder of God's faithfulness and his sovereignty through the generations. That's what we're going to see in just a moment, very quickly. By meditating upon the fullness of God's faithfulness and sovereignty to bring about his eternal plans through the generations. And then secondly, to intentionally and earnestly seek the one whose Zechariah's eyes have been opened to see. That's Christ. Meditating upon God's faithfulness, his sovereignty, and then earnestly seeking the one whose Zechariah's eyes have been opened to see and treasure Jesus Christ. Zechariah is singing here, verse 68, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. In silence for these nine months, it's obvious he's been meditating upon God's word. He's been meditating upon the message of Gabriel to him. He's connected the dots in a most wonderful way. He's, he's considered God made promises long ago. And God's been faithful to them. In sovereignty over the generations, he's executed that plan perfectly. And, and such to the point that Zechariah can't help but sing. You can't hold him back. His, 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 he, re he receives the gift of speech back, and I thought about this this week in looking at this package, passage. What would I do? If I, if I was mute for nine months and then given the ability to speak, what would be the first thing I would say? Thank goodness. M maybe complain. What in the world was this all about? But not Zechariah. He jumps right in, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Notice what else. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. What's, what's the point there? He's been meditating upon God's word. God's covenant promise to David, 2 Samuel chapter 7, that one of David's own sons would be put on the throne, the eternal throne, and a kingdom established forever and ever. And Zechariah, in these nine months, has realized the child in Mary's womb is David's descendant. Keep going. Verse 70. 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Verse 70, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. That whole Old Testament through the prophets, whether it be Moses, whether it be Joshua, whether it be Isaiah, whoever it was, God had been speaking through these holy prophets of old about this Messiah to come. And he's in Mary's womb. Skip down to verse 72. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. He's been thinking about the fullness of the Old Testament. Oh, Genesis 3.15, we looked at last Lord's Day, God made the promise of a Messiah. Genesis 12, God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldeans, told him, go to a land you don't know where, I'm just going to send you to, I'm going to make of you a great nation, and all the peoples of the world will be blessed through you. And again, as, as that storyline unfolds, it's not directly through Abram, it's through one of his children, specifically that child that's in Mary's womb. Zechariah has been thinking about these promises that go back even from his own day, 2,000 years in the past. And he says, my God has upholded his creation from the moment of those, those promises. He's presided over creation. He has sovereignly ruled over all the actions of every man in the fullness of time, presiding over the years, superintending the rise and fall of nations, the birth and death of every individual. He has preserved everything so that going back to those promises of a Messiah, those promises to Abram, it would be fulfilled. And here as Zechariah sings, he's saying that era of promise in the Old Testament through the, promise, through the prophets is over. The era of promise now, it's the era of promise kept. With the birth of John, with the birth of who's paving the way for the, the child in Mary's womb, it's now the era of promise kept. You see, for Zechariah, his praise and his worship is, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has magnificently, faithfully to his eternal promise, sovereignly ruled every single day for 2,000 years, every life. Every nation, every event, every activity, so as to bring about that promise, just as he intended to do so. And that one is Jesus Christ. That's why he's saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. It's all about Christ. Christ is the one that Zechariah is treasuring now. In this time of meditation upon God's word, Zechariah has come to see that the whole of the Bible has been about Jesus. All of the promises of God to, to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, to, to Abram, to, to, to David, to Solomon, all of them found their yes in Jesus. He's the center of the whole book. He's the focus of God's plans and purposes. He's the one, any page you turn to on the Bible, it's about Jesus. Any narrative you read, it's about Jesus. All of them. He's the focal point of history. And that's why Zechariah sings. And that's why we gather. That's why we gather this morning to, to open God's word, to proclaim the excellencies of Christ, to sing the glories of Christ in this time of prayer, to bless our God who's faithful, who's sovereign, who has brought everything together in Jesus Christ. And so to that end, we pray with a unified heart 
treasuring Jesus with a unified language. Blessed be the, the Lord God who has done this so wonderfully, so faithfully. We come in here, we're all different. Different ways of praying, but we have a common language. We have a common vision. Blessing the Lord. Treasuring Jesus.